y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast, not the Marty's Miss America podcast. This is volume 48 and the very first installment within the Levitard and Friends podcast network. I have said it. I will say it again from the rafters. I am so thrilled that Dan and his group believe in what we're doing and champion what we're doing. It means so much to us and obviously it's pretty daggum beneficial too. Um, this is an awesome show today. Uh, it's kind of funny. My, I was going to interview Rick Flair. We told you guys that, but Rick needed to postpone our conversation for a week. And so Travis and I spent a bit of time scrambling and we had basically reserved ourselves to the fact that we might actually have to push a week and wait until next week. And then out of nowhere, I get a text from my man, Les Miles who, of course, uh, won a national championship as the head coach of the LSU Tigers, who led LSU for many years. He's the Let, former head coach. Let's not talk about that uh, national championship, if we could, Marty, as the uh, Buckeye, I still am upset with that. So let's uh, keep moving past that national championship. Well, how championship. old were you, like eight? Uh, no, I was a sophomore in college, sir. Man, well, I'm sure it did smart. Uh, so let me repeat. Uh, coach Miles led the LSU Tigers to a national championship uh, and had a very, very distinguished career there won a lot of games, and for the last couple of years has been out of the game. And now he is back in the game as the head coach at the University of Kansas, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. And I adore the man. I do. He is hilarious. He is so kind. He is thoughtful. And when he sends me this text out of nowhere, uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what he's up to. So I asked him, could you give me a few minutes? And he was gracious enough to give us more than a few. And it's funny because the man's hilarious. We've all seen the antics. This is a very different type of conversation with him. And that was on purpose. All you guys know he's funny. I wanted you to see a side of him you probably have not seen before. Extremely introspective, emotional. And, for example, he takes over the LSU program and just before the first game he'll ever coach at LSU, Hurricane Katrina happens. And suddenly he has a legitimate life crisis on his hands with all of these young men under his watch who are from that area, some of whom can't find their families. And he is the leader that they can look at for answers and help. Like knowing that when you bring young men into your program, some of them come from really tough backgrounds. And learning that the stipends that they receive as NCAA athletes are going home to the families and not in their bellies. You'll hear him discuss all of these things. I learned a lot about that man in this conversation. And my respect for him was already very, very high. It's higher. And I appreciate his time so much. Before we get to my conversation with Coach Miles, I want to remind you guys that Dollar Shave Club is awesome. I love that Dollar Shave Club has everything I need to look, feel, and smell my best when I'm on the road. I just got back from the East Regional. I was gone for five days in Washington, D.C., and I took Dollar Shave Club with me because it does. In their kits, they have everything I need to look my best. What I love even more than that is the fact that I never have to go to the store. That's because one, Dollar Shave Club delivers everything I need right to my door. And two, they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. 
Here's how it works. It's real simple. Dollar Shave Club has everything I need to get ready no matter what I'm getting ready for. The same goes for you guys. They have you covered head to toe for hair, skin, and face. You name it, they got it. And they have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked on the products you use. You determine what you want and when you want it, and it shows up right at your door from once a month to once every six months. Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. And they've got a bunch of starter kits you can try for just $5, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at a regular price. So there is no reason to wait any longer. Go get your starter set right now for $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash smith. Once more, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash smith. Now it's time for my unique conversation with Kansas Jayhawks head football coach, Les Miles. Les Miles is an American treasure, a singular personality, someone I've gotten to know pretty well in the, in the last few years and someone I admire greatly. And coach, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time, brother. Well, it's, uh, we always have fun, you know, we, uh, and, uh, you, you always, uh, you, you have a, a view of life that, uh, I share. So, uh, I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, enjoy some time with your, your subscribers and here we go. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's start in Lawrence, Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks rock chalk. Now, coach. That is not among the first universities mentioned when we think of college football's powerhouse programs. What was it about this challenge that intrigued you and led you to take this on? Well, I always um, wondered why this wasn't just a great uh, winning club. Uh, When I was at Oklahoma State, we played here and uh, beat them in a competitive game. And uh, I, I just looked around and I said, it's just beautiful here, legitimately a gorgeous place. And then I, I find when I'm once I'm here, great academics, a uh, real quality fan base, a fan base that's, that needs some uh, some winning football. And uh, I mean, it's it's kind of what I thought. It, it has the opportunity to win and win consistently. Why do you think you can do it? Well, I don't know that I'm going to be doing it. It's uh, these players and uh, the opportunity to change culture and to poise a a, uh, a question um, at them as do they want to and do they want to win and do they want to have a great team and and do they want to play in in bowl games and do they want to um, sacrifice all those things that. Uh, that can be a distraction to a real quality team. If they have that, we'll we'll win a lot of games. And again, it uh, it'll it'll be a team and uh, quality assistant coaches, really good people. I, the my team, the the guys that I've met, the guys that I go to work with every day in terms of uh, onto the practice field, they're really good quality people. Coach, there's the old adage that absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I wonder what being away from the game for a couple of years did to impact your passion for it and your fondness of it. I don't know that I changed much at all, but I can tell you that I 
enjoy taking the field with a group of men who want to improve, who want to work hard, who can't wait. Show me how. And uh, that I have always enjoyed. And, and the other day I, I pulled a group of guys in my office for another reason. And uh, they asked me, said, why did you, why did you choose Kansas? And I said, because it's it's not going to be easy, and I, I enjoy the the opportunity to do hard things, and and I but I'm not going to be able to do it alone. It's going to it's going to take a group of guys that uh, are willing to say that and do that themselves. And uh, so far, they have. I uh, I've enjoyed it. Walking on the field, taking the field, grass, you know, in the air. I'm just telling you, I was not born to, to uh, shovel the walk and uh, you know do the uh, grass uh, around the yard. I'm not I'm not talented there. I don't have the ability to be a handyman. I just you know screws and and all that. It just it doesn't fit. But walking on a football field with a group of young men that want to play and play you know hard nosed uh, Kansas football, yeah, that's I I can, I can enjoy that greatly. What was watching on TV like for you on Saturday afternoons? <laughs> that, that was a mess. I uh, <laughs> I would turn on about five TVs, and I would go room to room based on kind of a situation that they were in, or you know, you know how the score is, you know, you know setting up a big uh, close finish. And, uh, and my uh, eldest daughter, uh, Smacker Miles, she's. Uh, you're nuts, Dad. You're absolutely nuts. And then she started going with me, and she started. And I mean, I had a, uh, I had a partner there in watching TV in separate rooms. Uh, my eldest daughter, and uh, but it was, I had to, I had to, I had to find out what the situation was. I needed to know what the, I wanted to predict as best I could, what was going to be the uh, the, the call, the how the attack from. Based on the, where where they were in the the field, and based on the fact that the defenses that have been played uh, would would suggest that they ought to do this, and I and I <laughs> I was a great second guesser at that point. <laughs> How much of that? See, that intrigues me. How much of that was your infatu- infatuation and addiction to the game and love of the game versus the desire to stay fresh? So that you were prepared when you got back in it. I really believe that it was all about the game, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't conceptually thinking, oh, this is about studying the football game and making sure that I'm. No, it really wasn't. It was, I, I really questioned, you know, some of the things that were standard answers, and uh, I, and I wanted to think, and I wanted to, you know. I wanted to be challenged, and uh, and certainly every Saturday, at, and and really, in every, at every stadium, there's you know two coaches that are that are going to be challenged on how they see it, what they call, how they do it, and uh, I, uh, I I wanted in on that challenge. I don't know that it, that was keeping me fresh or not. Uh, that was kind of a, a secondary thought. I wanted to know. Was that decision right, or was that decision right, and and why did they do that? And 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 it was, uh, it was, I had a blast. It was, uh, um, 
<laughs> and and my wife generally let me go, which you know she didn't have to keep up. It went it went well. Do we have an updated version of the Kansas edition of the signature Les Miles Mad Hatter cap? Have we devised that yet? <laughs> I don't know that we have a signature edition, but uh, we sure can arrange one. I uh, it, it's it's going to be a uh, it's going to look like the other caps that I've worn. Adidas uh, is a a great provider, and we're we're really thrilled by their support and. And I have a, uh, a an Adidas cap that, that will fit this this head, um, and, and and provide some warmth warmth and uh, and allow me to enjoy my day. There are five. You crack me up, dude. You just do. You're you're a funny guy. <laughs> five active coaches, to my knowledge, I could be incorrect, but I think that there are five active coaches who are national champions. That list, I think, is Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Mac Brown, and Les Miles. What is the impact of a national championship on a man? I think the opportunity to do some things that that uh, other people have not accomplished is certainly a compliment to all the people that worked with me that ex- expended, um, you know, a gracious hospitality and a lending hand. You know that the coordinator or that uh, athletic director that said, "Hey, come on, we can do this. Let's, we can, we can, whatever that costs, we can get that done." And uh, I think it, it humbles a man to realize that you know at some point in time it's going to be re- reviewed that that team that that Tigers that group of Tigers that won national championship. Their head coach was Les Miles, and uh, again, it's humbling. It's uh, fortunate to play with and, and play, you know, against some quality teams with really a great group of men that uh, that allowed us to step on the field victorious. I, I think it. Uh, I think it tells you, as a a coach, you can do that. And you can do it here at Kansas. In the year that we won the national title, there was a 12 and one Kansas team that won an Orange Bowl. So mm-hmm. we're we're saying we can, and uh, I think maybe a uh, national title helps those coaches think, yeah, we can. Speaking of Coach Saban, you follow him at LSU right after he wins the BCS national championship. Just before your first game, Hurricane Katrina happens. So I can't imagine what the emotion and the confusion and the concern must have been for you. How would you describe that time in your life and coaching career? The, the room was the team room. And I asked the first thing. I said, uh, who cannot get in touch with their family? And we had about five guys, and we had one guy not be able to get in touch with their family for a week after that question was asked. Mm-hmm. And then I asked the question, no coach has the um, moral right to tell a team that we need to go play, that that's your um, responsibility to go play for your team, to go play for their state. And uh, I uh, I didn't. And I, and, I, and I couldn't imagine myself 
you know, suggesting that. What I wanted to do is I wanted to find out what they said, what they wanted to do, what they felt was important. And uh, yeah, Tyson Jackson, I can remember him standing up and saying, you know, I'm not worth a damn at hammer and nails, but I'm pretty good at playing football. And I think he's, uh, these people in Louisiana need us to have a great year. And uh, and that's kind of that, that emotion swung the room, and we elect um, to, when we can, uh, devote time to the PMAC, which is where they had a triage center, and there was a bunch of people that were disadvantaged, and we'd walk in there and see uh, them. You know, at times, we would um, grab all of, I can remember, Benny Brazil, who was who was also a track competitor and and ran in the Olympics? He went went home and took some Olympic shoes and some stuff that he was going to give to again those people that were less fortunate. And uh, and then we were supposed to play a home game against the uh, North Texas. North Texas had to cancel. We had, we couldn't we could no there's no way that we could have had a had a game in that stadium considering all the emergency vehicles that were going around us every day. And so we backed it up and, you know, postponed one. And then we decided Arizona State was one that we could play away when it was our home game. And, uh, and, and, and the team flies off to Arizona and where they bring us to a stage and they say, we really want to welcome you and have a great game and enjoy yourself. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what they're really saying is, come on in here, we're going to just see if we can beat the living tar out of you. <laughs> and uh, um, they, their hospitality was gracious and wonderful. And the Tigers uh, won late in the game, and uh, Jamarcus Russell hit uh, Dwayne Bow. And uh, we got back on that plane, and we ended up winning 11 games that year. And I think Tyson Jackson, you know, called it. He said, Ben, we got to play for the state. And so what we did is we added that to our, what were the important things of our team, who we play for. Play for um, our team, we play for our state, and then we play for ourselves. And uh, they, uh, they played that way for the length of time that I was there, I promise. Thank you for sharing that with me. I can tell, I can feel the emotion that you still have about it, about yeah. that time and about those young men who really were uh quite a buoyant emotional group for an entire state and special team of leaders special different way beyond their years coach they were bearing hurt and and pain that most 20 year olds could not fatigue i mean they were in that in that pmac sometimes until two or three o'clock they had parents and families moving into their dorms. I asked Skylar Green. I said, "Skylar, says you look fatigued." He says, "My family's sleeping in my. I'm I'm on a couch or I'm on the floor." It was then I I, I chose to take the field behind the line, and that we would then throw everything in our in our that was a distraction to us outside, and we would cross that field and we would practice for two hours and we would be excellent. And uh, they bought into that too. And and then I asked them to, to ask their parents, "Hey, listen, while I'm practicing two a days, 
could I have a bed? <laughs> and uh, most of them got beds, which I was thrilled about. So it's just remarkable. I mean, it's uh, it's remarkable. I had the most interesting conversation a couple of weeks back with John Calipari at the University of Kentucky about mm-hmm. how I feel he's changed college basketball from the perspective that he embraced young men who by the rules needed to go to college for a year and he said come here i will prepare you for all that's coming all the outside influences money hangers on all of those things and i will prepare you for the national basketball association as best you can be prepared in one year and hopefully we will win together at the university of kentucky en route that is something i really never considered that in that one year he was pulling entire families out of very difficult situations and you see and engage and invest in those families that that they are pulling out of those very difficult situations. I wonder for you, uh, there's some rough parts around New Orleans and, and Louisiana. I wonder what that was like for you to know that you are giving a platform, not just for one young man, but for a future of, of entire families and potentially, in some cases, generations of families. Some of these men that you coach, their their dream is to play it you know at the next level in in the NFL and I think that they want to reach back and help their their community and they really want to help their own family and uh, I've always seen that as a part of a a group you know of your, of your team to be a part of that group that goes on to the NFL and um Generally speaking, they put themselves in a position to give back to their family. And uh, I, I, I think the first year that juniors became eligible, we lost eight. The second year, we lost eight. I think that, that those two uh, numbers, you know, consecutively uh, set a record. And uh, and one of which was a, a Jamarcus Russell who left. And his, he was the first player taken, and uh, he's uh, he's a guy that absolutely you know looked at his family and and looked to pay back. So his community, he he runs a football league, and uh, um, or he ran a football league at one point in time, youth football, and I think you'll find that there's a a lot of men there who are tied to family and tied to um, improving their community and uh, and football and on to the NFL is just one way and and it's but it's a way that that guys in New Orleans guys in uh, northern Louisiana they have that they have that want they have that ability and uh they're going to do it, and, and, and in every way I, I can remember a real quality uh, wide receiver who's playing in the NFL today, and he they, we just had the ability to give him um, a uh, little extra money legally um, so that they could eat and, and uh, do things well, and and uh, and then there was the uh, the Pell uh, Grant, and so you know this this guy has the ability to. He's doing well. I mean, it's not a, a negative, it's positive, except that 
he was losing weight and losing weight and losing weight. And I said to him, I said, okay, now, now tell me why we're paying you more. You're, you're, you have more ability to eat. Explain to me why you're losing weight. And he says, I'm sending half my money home. While I was in college, I'm sending half. And uh, I really didn't know quite know how to, how to say You have to eat. Then on, I made him buy a meal plan so that he could not not eat. And then I said, we're going to take attendance. But uh, there's a guy who comfortably didn't eat half his meals and gave them to his family so that uh, so that they could survive and do great. So I think uh, I think some of these men are just really unselfish about their families, their community, and their state. And I. Uh, I applaud him. I don't know that I could have done that. Me either. Uh, a couple more things. I know you're busy. I'll get you out of here. But um, did you know Odell Beckham was this good? Well, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> we uh, the 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 interesting thing about Odell was is that there's a rule in the NFL that really made him good, and that is that you're not allowed to touch him for five yards, mm-hmm. and that in itself is going to make Odell Beckham just 10 times more productive. But, uh, yeah, we knew Odell Beckham had great speed and abilities. And, and uh, you know, he was not necessarily that right away, but he developed very comfortably and gained weight and strength. And um, But he was he was a skinny, skinny guy. And uh, but uh, he he came he came. And he 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 brought his A game very quickly. I don't know him. I've not met him, but I do know you'd like him. He is he is uh, he's going to want to do good things for other people. He's uh, a good teammate. I think he and Jarvis Landry in in, in Cleveland will do. You know they'll they'll have impact on that club, and they're going to have to play defense and special teams. But uh, I think uh, Odell Beckham. And Jarvis Landry will definitely have impact on those Cleveland Browns. So you played for Bo Beckler at Michigan. And I've never heard anyone who has been around him or played under him or coached under him, which you also did, say anything but that that man had immeasurable impact on them. What was his impact on you? He always had a great perspective on what we were doing as a team and and his approach to us was how I would approach my kids and how I would approach my team and and it would happen kind of it, it, and and it does happen kind of happenstance it's not like I'm planning on doing that it just happens because he set a great example for I mean the, the those things that are distractions on the perimeter, Bo Schumbeckler handled that just as well as anybody. First of all, he was the biggest distraction, and you better focus on him, or he'll he'll get after you in a way that will make you very very uncomfortable. And uh, but he was as an example. We opened the season once with uh, with Northwestern. Northwestern was not going to be very good. We looked at him on film. We, there was a real comfortable, okay, we're going to beat them. And uh, I sat in a, a team room, and Bo came in, and he gritted his teeth, and he said, 
you're not ready to play. I'm just telling you. And he just went up one by up one side of that room to to the next, and and everybody went. Everybody's eyes got big, and because we'd not you know heard him say that, and uh, boy, I'm telling you, it just changed our whole you know attitude towards preparation. We just went after it. I mean, practice was fast paced. We knew we we weren't playing Ohio State, but. Damn it, if Bo didn't see something that, that was damn important, then we better get right. We better get right. And, uh, um, of course, the uh, the Wolverines win that one. And uh, <laughs> I, then as a, as a coach, I, I listened, and I said, oh, this is the same talk that he gave us when we were lining up against Northwestern. So he had a couple of, um, you know, you know, thoughts that he could recycle occasionally, but uh, he was the best. He had humor. He was tough. You you loved his toughness. If you wanted to be tough, if you wanted to know what tough was, you just hang around Bo. And uh, I uh, I was fortunate. And my my father was a, a guy that uh, that could support Bo's mantra constantly and so i uh, i was getting it coming and going and uh yeah he was he was a special leader and they uh, we miss him yeah oh my, oh, my dad yeah so i can't yeah. imagine so so your old man is a long haul trucker right well yeah he he he, he worked in that he industry was in transfer yeah he worked in that industry you bet a lot of long hours full-blown grind every week what, what's the impact of seeing your dad grind like that how do you carry that with you <laughs> uh again there was a, a lot of similarities between Bo and and dad so i mean he was he was a very comfortable but like for instance sunday he says okay son we have to go over and load these trucks because you know on monday morning they're going to be you know they're going to be used and they're out and running and uh so we met at about three, had an opportunity to go to church, and and then we'd spend I don't know four hours and uh, loading these these steel coils and then these were Mack trucks and we had you know uh, pieces of uh, uh, wood that that kept the trucks together and then we chained the load down and then we pulled the trucks around and put them in a position where the the drivers could come get them and and that was just. You know that was just Sunday, and <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is that I, with with Bo as my head coach, Bill McCartney as my mentor, and uh, Hope Miles, uh, Bubba as my dad, I, I was going to have the ability to work hard and not really see it as a big deal. What was the biggest way Coach McCartney impacted you? When we showed up there, well, first of all, here's what he did that that everybody knows that he did, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate it. Um, he showed up at Colorado. Colorado was completely defeated. They were a zero and eleven team, and he took that team in about three years. And in about the third year, he said, you know, he he had a media uh, the. Uh, it was the Big Eight at the time. The Big Eight media had gone up there and visited with him, and they came down from the uh, mountain. and And he said, um, "We're uh, 
we're changing our rival. It's no longer Kansas. We're not. We're not playing Kansas. He says what we're. We're our rival is going to be a team that uh, has really good players, a team that has really good uh, facilities, a team that has one and one and one. And what we're going to do is we're going to point at that team and we're going to make them our rival. And it's Nebraska. <laughs> and, and they had not at that time beat Nebraska since I don't know the turn of the century, maybe uh, <laughs> um, maybe uh, twenty three years. And the assistant coaches, and there were some really good assistant coaches there at the time. And uh, we're all looking around, going, "Oh, what did he do? What did he do?" And then he basically said, "You know, we want their everything." We want their stadium. We want their, we want their players. Why wouldn't they be our rival? Mm-hmm. And he he gave that to us, and we said, he's right. I mean, if you want to win, and if you want to accomplish, then you better shoot at the guys that are who are finishing first in this league year after year. And that's what we did. And darn it, if we didn't beat them in two years. So Bill McCartney had the overview of his program down. He knew he had direction, and and he was very comfortable in in you know making a decisive change of direction. He was pretty special. It was a heyday, man. I mean, look, did, th- those years when you were there under Coach McCartney, it was Eric B. Enemy. Darian Hagan, Michael Westbrook, right? That might have been mm-hmm. after that time. Yeah, like those were some yeah, that was dudes, after, coach. Right? Yeah, that was after. Eric Bianabi just spoke in our clinic uh, here at, in uh, in Lawrence, and uh, we shared moments of Bill McCartney that he and I were never really – I had left and gone to Michigan when, when Eric pulled in. Sal and Nessie, who I recruited, passed. Yeah. Um, um, really, in the first year that I was back, in fact, we were on a road trip at UCLA um, at Michigan. Michigan, we were playing UCLA on the road, and I uh, and I got a uh, kind of a a dulled um, response when someone said to me, he "said Did you know that uh, Sal and Nessie passed?" And I went, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't really know." So. But uh, you know what's interesting about this this uh, this uh, football? You get into the game because you want to help some young man, you know, further his goals. Teach him how to base block, or teach him how to throw a pass, or teach him how to catch, or teach him how to be tough, or teach him how to be a man, and and do a bunch of things. But what you also you didn't really know that when you signed up for the sport that you're also these are people and these and these people need uh, care and, and understanding and, and an arm around their, their shoulder now and then and now and then somebody passes and it's not an easy thing uh, to help and uh, I think the uh, I think that's that's one of the things I enjoy because I uh, I get to step into a very private place and I get to hopefully make a difference and uh, 
that's just football. Well, you definitely made a difference in countless young men's lives. Uh, and it's obvious and it's wonderful. And these young men that are playing for the Kansas Jayhawks and will play for the Kansas Jayhawks in the future, you will make a great difference in their lives. And I appreciate you sharing all of that with me today. Uh, it means a lot to me, brother. Thank you. Hey, we, hey, every time we see each other, we, we, uh, we, we're on the same train. We're on the, we're, we're heading the same path. We understand what's, what's going on. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll do this a bunch. And, and you got to come up here. This place is beautiful. I'm coming. I promise. I will okay, be there. Boss. I will come see you. I promise, man. Hey, when you hey, let, let me let me arrange a uh, a uh, a good old fashioned party. We uh, we we'd celebrate that. I love it. You are a gem, and I can't thank my you pleasure. enough. And we will do no, it again. My pleasure. And you have a great day, brother. Thank you for your kindness, Marty. You too. Hey, thank you. See ya. That's it, right there. The last thing he said is it. The impact of the game of football is unlike anything else. What can be learned between the lines is so much more important than blocking and tackling and numbers on a scoreboard. What can be taught between the lines is so much more and so much deeper and so much more emotional than numbers on a scoreboard or blocking and tackling. I say it in my book. I wrote an entire chapter in my book coming out in August called Never Settle about the impact of high school football in America and the thread it weaves through the American fabric in so many ways and within so many layers. And the way that Coach just said it and the emotion with which he said it is so good. When you think about the men that he has impacted, just think about the guys he coached just at LSU, whether that's Odell Beckham Jr., whom we mentioned, Jarvis Landry, whom we mentioned in the interview, Patrick Peterson, Leonard Fournette. I mean, it goes on and on and on. The talent down there is ridiculous. And he had such a dramatic impact on those men. Not just between the lines, but outside the lines. Well, think about that, Marty, is coming in there and taking over a team and then you have Hurricane Katrina and these guys are looking at you as their new right. coach, but a guy that he has to guide these kids, because that's what they are at the time. They're basically 18, 19-year-old kids and guide them through the worst thing that's ever going to happen in their life. You know, that That's what coaches are at times is they're the father figures and he was that guy. They're the compass. And it's, it's interesting too because those guys we just mentioned, OBJ and Jarvis and, and Peterson and Leonard, Those guys are superstars, and they have so much coming at them every single day from hangers-on to agent stuff to all kinds of ways to make a misstep, and their guidance is that guy at the helm, and I just admire him. I admire a lot of his peers as well. Uh, but I, I just truly admire Coach Miles. I appreciate his insight so much. And I will go to Lawrence, Kansas and see him as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. The he one- is a gem. I'm telling you, if ever there was an American treasure, 
that dude is it. The one thing that we probably should have asked about is, so he this past offseason he had a lot of Dos Equis commercials, and they were really good. Are those going to continue? Because if not, I, I think Kansas has made a massive misstep in continuing and having Dos Equis sponsored. They were very good, and I did have that on my list because uh, he has this – he loves to act. Like in in our in our second installment with Coach Miles, later in the year we'll broach all of this. I did want to ask him about acting, but I felt like we were keeping him a little too long. Yeah, and Dosaki's probably would have been a turn after this interview was a little more serious. The next one we can do the side of Coach that I think people are kind of more familiar with. Maybe it will be off the rails, uh, as they say. Travis, hiring used to be hard. Did you know that? I did. It did. It used to be. It's not anymore. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, all manner of obstacles. Not anymore. Because today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. I bet you can guess where that place is, Travis. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com. All you have to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. More than 100, Travis. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. We know Travis doesn't like to miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the website within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Free. You don't have to pay a cent, Travis. That's that's our kind of deal, bud. That's what our people like. For free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com. Slash M A R T Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And Travis and I have a very unique opportunity ahead. We are looking forward to it very much. And it will include great conversations with some of your favorite celebrities, actors, maybe athletes. And I can't wait for you guys to learn what this opportunity is. We cannot tell you just yet, but we are very excited about this. Travis, how excited are we about this? Very excited, and I I wish that we could tell the people what it is. They just need to stay tuned uh, to your social media. There will be future information coming out very, very soon. And I think it's it, – I'm, I'm ecstatic. I am too. Uh, beyond, and I'm ready for it to come out so that, you know – so I'm not just sitting on this, and so we can actually talk about it. And I think we're both really humbled. We're both really honored and appreciative of the opportunity. And to his point, just check our social media feeds in the coming days, and you will see the news that we are discussing. My handles are at Marty Smith ESPN, both on Twitter and Instagram. And I can't wait for you guys to learn this. Travis, did you know that TSO is the official watch of the NBA? I did know that also. Yep, it is. Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. Each one of Tissot's timepieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. This graduation season, get the NBA fan in your life a Tissot watch. 
The Tissot Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for a sporty chronograph with Swiss technology at an unbeatable price. Shop right now at us.tissoshop.com. That's us.tissotshop.com. us.tissoshop.com. Every NBA fan needs a new watch, man. I need a new watch. Why don't you shop for me on us.tsoshop.com, Travis? I'll work My on birthday's th- coming up, man. I'll work on that. When is your birthday? April 15th, April dude. April 15th. Oh, I better get moving then. Yeah, you better get on it. That's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen so much. And thanks so much to Coach Miles for taking the time to share his life with us. I loved it. I thought it was just such a cool conversation. He's such an interesting person, and we're going to do it again because we do need to get into his tremendous acting ability. Thanks so much to Dollar Shave Club, ZipRecruiter, and Tissot for their belief in the program and for sponsoring us. That allows us to be on so that you guys can hear the Marty Smith's America podcast. Thank you for your investment in the Marty Smith's America podcast. Thanks to Louise for being crazy enough to start this thing, and thanks so much to Dan and his group for being completely insane and adding us to the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. Man, Does that mean we can't get canceled then, now that we're part of this? Like, we're, Are we like in the clear now? Or I'm not sure that we can do anything wrong that would justify us being kicked out of there. There's no, I mean, because they have... Stug- Other than not being interesting, Stug- which we're damn interesting. Stugatz has a podcast, and, and so that pretty much, we're pretty good that we're not going to ca- cancel now, right? I agree. Like, I think we're good. So we can go off the rails since we haven't done that yet, this, you know, in any of these podcasts. So we can even go further off the rails. I completely agree with that assessment. Uh, we are typically off the rails. Uh, and that's why people like us. Thanks so much to our military, both here in the States and all around the world for everything that you do to sacrifice for our freedom. We live in the greatest nation in the world for a reason. And that reason is the sacrifice that our military members make every single day. Thank you all for the time. That is the Marty Smith's America podcast with Les Miles, volume 48. Y'all be good. We'll see you next time around.